Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to GNAC Insider, the show that takes you inside the Great Northwest Athletic Conference. Hear from student athletes, coaches, and administrators from one of the premier conferences in Division II. Now, here's your host, Rob Lowry. From Bellingham, Washington to Monmouth, Oregon, and from Seattle, Washington to wherever it is you may be listening, welcome to GNAC Insider your weekly look at the Great Northwest Athletic Conference. A little later in tonight's GNAC Insider, we're going to talk to two standout cross-country seniors here who have had just absolute stellar years, not only running and competing, but also in the classroom. We'll talk to them a little bit later. Also talking with us a little bit later this evening, Seattle Pacific University women's basketball head coach Mike Simonson. The Falcons off to a hot start this year. Same story for the Western Oregon men's basketball team. Forward Riley Hawken is going to join us a little bit later. But when you talk about great campaigns, there are very few greater than the year that just has completed for the Western Washington University Vikings women's volleyball team. And joining us tonight from Bellingham, Diane Flick-Williams, the head coach there of the Vikings, just completed her 19th season in Bellingham, took the team all the way to the national championship encounter. During the season, a program record 30 consecutive victories. Coach, thank you for joining us tonight. And the first question I have to ask you is, when did you know that this was going to be one of those magical seasons? Because it certainly for you and the Vikings? You know, that's a really hard question to know, um, you know, because I don't think we were looking real big picture at any moment. We were so dialed in on what we were going to do next, either that day or the next match, that I'm not sure if we really saw what we could do or become. So I guess that technically the answer would have been Saturday night. <laughs> you know, that was mm-hmm. probably when we knew how good we were. Um but, uh, you know, we definitely had great pieces to the puzzle, you know, and we were hoping that every time we put that puzzle together, the picture was going to look nice. And, and uh, you know, we to this day still feel like we can get better as a team. But, you know, it, it's a special year with some special people. I'm really proud of what we accomplished this year. Well, and, well, you should. 30-4 and four, all the way to the national championship match for the Vikings this year. As a coach, and you said something interesting there, that essentially it was – basically game by game, match by match, maybe weekend by weekend, things like that. Do you, so really, when, as a coach, do you get to, to sit back and, and enjoy a little bit of, of the fruits of your labor and of the team's labor this year? You know, it's one of those things we kind of got into a routine where after our weekend play was over on Monday, we would talk about the things we did well, the things we want to work on, and then we would put our heads back down and start going after the the next opponent and the next weekend. And, you know, we, we tried to celebrate our victories, you know, in the moment, but we also knew the next moment meant preparing for what was coming, you know, in the future. So I think we're really trying to take a moment now to see this big picture and the totality of everything that happened this year and uh, the really incredible season that we had. 
Well, yes, absolutely phenomenal season. And I was talking with you just a little bit before we began tonight's GNAC Insider, and I said I wanted to talk to you about this. 19 seasons there in Bellingham, and you have had tremendous success, including this year, obviously, with nothing but homegrown players. I don't mean Bellingham proper, but what I mean is Washington State. You've had one, and a player you inherited, one out-of-state player on the Vikings roster in all of your 19 seasons there. What is it about this core contingent of high school players and community college players, for that matter, out of the state of Washington that has has, uh, made you so successful being able to stay with that homegrown unit? Well, you know, the original part of why that started to happen was because our um, our resources were such that we needed to stay closer um, to home and stay in the state of Washington. And just from there, we've been able to kind of cultivate some great connections with club coaches and high school coaches and, and people that we can trust in the evaluation of players and, and ones that, we, that understand who we are and what our culture is so that we can really find a good fit um, of student-athlete to school and school-to-student-athlete. And so we've just been able to kind of put this thing together. I mean, I've been here 19 years. My assistant coach, James Suh, is is one of the best recruiters, I think. And he's been with me for 18 years. And, you know, we've just been able to kind of put this together and and try to really keep good Washington athletes at home. That's one of our big goals. Um, When I took the job here at Western, I told them that I felt like recruiting was throwing a stone into a pond. And you got to really concentrate on the, the rings closest to home and then, as they get smaller and smaller, that's kind of where you, you know, don't put as much of your effort into. And I think that's been really successful for us because not only do we get the, the, the student athletes to stay home in Washington, but we get really great support because family are close by. And that's a really important part of our program is making sure that we include, we recruit families, not just, you know, the student athletes themselves. You said that you brought up culture, that the, the student athlete has to be right for the culture. What, in a sense or two, would you say the culture is of of the Vikings volleyball program and maybe a little more broadly at the university as a whole? You know, it, it, it can change over time depending on the, the, the kind of people that you have. And as, you know, just times change. But I would say in general what we talk about with our program right now is that we really feel that the the program is a community program. Uh, our families are involved. Our community is involved. Um, we had our saying this year for our team um, was every contact. And while that can be really specific to the physical context of the game, it's more important for our team to say every contact you make with a person, it could be the, the person checking you out of the grocery store. It could be, um, you know, a kid at a clinic. It could be a recruit. It could be anybody. But we need to make sure that they get the impression and, and feel the warmth that we have for our program and that the community is involved. And that's a really important part of our culture, that we are inclusive of people and, and supportive of, of the community that we are, we are part of. Diane Flick-Williams, Western Washington University women's volleyball coach, is joining us tonight here on GNAC Insider. She just led the Vikings to a seventh consecutive trip to the NCAA championships this year. And not only is your team and and the culture you've just been talking about so successful on the volleyball court itself. But you've also seen your team have tremendous success in the classroom as well. How much of that is an emphasis 
from you and from your coaches to make sure that the student athletes realize the student athlete part of the equation begins with the student part? Well, uh, there's what we're trying to do here uh, in our program, and I think many of the programs in the GNAC are the same, is you know, we're trying to develop people. There's not a lot of our players that go on to play professionally. So we need to prepare them for real life once uh, college ends. And, and if they're going to be here to be a part of a student-athlete experience, you know, getting your education is primary. And so it, it's, um, you know, people will talk a lot about championships and they'll talk a lot about records and stuff. But I think the most important thing that's ever happened with us is making sure our kids graduate and start their next phase of their life with something under their belt that could never be taken away from them. They can never have their college degree taken away. So, um, you know, that's always an emphasis from us, but I think we also recruit the kind of people where that's their focus as well. We don't have to push them to do that. That's innately an innate quality of themselves that they want to be uh, a good student who is going to uh, finish their degree and be prepared for that next phase of their life. And one of the Vikings you are losing after this past season, Abby Phelps, uh, finishing her career as the program's all-time leader in kills, 1,628 kills and 1,850 points. I look at those totals and I think, man, oh, man, she is going to be a tough one to replace. But talk a little bit about the 2019 Vikings squad. What do you expect out of them and is an eighth consecutive trip to the NCAA championships certainly within reach? You know, that, that'll be something we will put on our goal list, but we will have to work every single day to, to get there. And, you know, we've obviously had five seniors this year who um, have played significant roles and have in this program for their four years of eligibility. And so, you know, the one thing we're not going to be able to teach these new players that are going to be, you know, hitting the court is experience. They're just going to have to go through it. So, that's something that's pretty hard to predict, but I really feel like, um, as we've mentioned the culture before, our seniors, um, you know, we've talked about them laying a brick, you know, when they leave, and they have definitely left a mark here that's going to have some everlasting qualities. They have really connected with our, especially our redshirt freshmen, you know, and, and, and talked to them about what does it take to get to this point and how did it work when they were their age. And, you know, there's a lot of, teaching that goes along with being an upperclassman and you know they've done a really great job with that but we've got some really great you know um, players returning we've got really great players that are you know redshirting we've got some incoming freshmen as well and as long as we can compete uh, keep a competitive environment in our in our practice gym we're going to see some good fruits of our labors at the end of the year and you talk about being competitive in practice does the the GNAC and the and the strength of the, of the conference from top to bottom does that prepare you for regional and for national championship competition as well, based on who you have to play and uh, the strength of your opponent night in and night out throughout the course of the league campaign? Absolutely. I, I've always said I think the GNAC is, is the strongest conference um, top to bottom in the West region. I think that what they what is really unique about the GNAC is First of all, I think the styles of play are different every night, so you have to prepare for different ways to play the game, which is something that when you hit the playoffs, you don't know what you're going to get because, you know, we played Tarleton State from Texas. That was a different way of playing than Lewis was, you know, compared to the Tampa. So, you know, that really helps us with the different styles of play. And then you throw in the travel of the GNAC. It's pretty grueling. It's a grind, you know, to go – traveling in the different states, I mean, what are we, five different states, that's hard to do. 
But when you get into the crunch time of the playoffs and you have to go from one location at regionals to another location at nationals, sometimes changing time zones, I mean, that's pretty hard, but we've gone through it through the GNAC. So I think the GNAC provides, you know, a lot of great competition. It provides, you know, some um, challenges in travel and all that kind of stuff. And I think that really does prepare us night in and night out um, when it comes to the end of the year and the playoff time. Well, Western Washington, the GNAC Team of the Week, and why not making it all the way to the national championship match in women's volleyball. And Coach Diane Flick-Williams joining us tonight here on GNAC Insider. Coach, uh, on behalf of the entire GNAC, we are so proud of the way that you represented our conference throughout this year. Tremendous 2018 campaign. Uh, just continued success in 2019, and I certainly hope that maybe about the same time next year we have the opportunity to talk again. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Diane Flick-Williams joining us tonight from Bellingham on GNAC Insider. Well, we're going to switch gears a little bit and go from women's volleyball to men's basketball. Forward Riley Hawkins, whose dad actually was at the University of Washington when Diane Flick-Williams was there. Oh, yeah, we're going deep for research on GNAC Insider. We'll be back and talk with Riley Hawken right after this. You're listening to GNAC Insider. Why choose Western Washington University? Go to school in one of Outside Magazine's dream towns, minutes from both the mountains and the sea. Ranked by U.S. News and World Report as the number one public master's granting university in the Pacific Northwest the number one producer of prestigious Fulbright scholarships in the nation among public master's granting institutions. The number one medium-sized school in the nation for graduates who join the Peace Corps. Western Washington University. Active minds, changing lives. Welcome back to GNAC Insider, the show that takes you inside the NCAA's Great Northwest Athletic Conference. Now, here's your host, Rob Lowry. And we're joined now by Riley Hawkins from the Western Oregon University men's basketball team. Riley, were you surprised by that little tidbit that our producer, Connor Pelton, picked out that your father, who was at the University of Washington as a basketball player, was there at the same time as Diane Flick-Williams, head coach at Western Washington, now was playing volleyball there for the Huskies? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. You You guys went... (laughs) No, I didn't. You guys had to uh, go pretty deep for that little fact. So good job, oh, man. Whoever figured that one out. Well, yeah, Connor Pelton, our producer, he he did it. So I all all credit to him tonight. But let's talk a little bit about you. Second season in Monmouth, you played 30 games with the Wolves last year, averaging uh, just more than eight points a contest. Do you feel a little more a little more pressure on you this year as you are a returner and you're one of the key returners for the Wolves this year? Yeah, I mean, obviously with every new season, there's some different roles, but I would say it's more of just a a change in role than a pressure to succeed. We have a lot of guys in our team right now who are stepping up and playing well. So as far as pressure, no, but there's definitely a big change of a role from my team last year to this year. Um, But it's Mm -hmm. definitely a good role, and I'm just happy to help my team out in any way that I can. All right, well, let's go a little bit into that. How is your role evolving? How is it different this year than it was a year ago? Well, last year, I mean, we played on a team that just unbelievable talent between guys who could score, guys who could shoot, guys who could play defense. So my job out there was just kind of help out there and kind of fill the gaps. And I just feel like this year, you know, my role has kind of gone from just being a guy to fill the holes to a guy that is expected to lead the team um, and kind of just 
take over when I need to, but also be able to help out the guys when I need to. So I guess my role this year is just, it's a little bit different, but it's just as important as it was last year. Well, this year you're second on the team right now in scoring almost 11 a game, and you're leading the team in rebounding at five and a half per clip. Talk a little bit about your game. When when uh, fans come to see Riley Hawken play, what kind of player will they see? What what do you like to do, and what do you think you do well? Well, I mean, this is one thing that I've talked to my coaches a lot, but whenever I walk in the gym, I just want to be the guy that anybody out there can watch and just say, look, he played the hardest on the court. So as long as I, in my mind, just go with the fact that, hey, just play as hard as you can, then everything else will fall into place. Um, but I just want fans to just look at me and just say, hey, he's a guy that's going to help his team out, whether that's going to be helping out on defense, whether that's taking a charge, hitting free throws, just a guy out there who's not really concerned with his role, but just overall concerned with how, to, how, he, how he can help his team. Well, you helped the Wolves with a 14-point, 10-rebound, double-double in an exciting double-overtime victory over number 15 Western Washington this past Saturday. The Wolves actually got 16 points, as I understand it, in the second overtime period to come up with a 96-88 victory. What happened in that second overtime that allowed the Wolves' offense to click so successfully? Um, honestly, I think a lot of it stemmed from our offensive rebounding. Uh, Jalen on our team did a phenomenal job just sparking us. And I think that he was definitely kind of the catalyst that brought us to scoring so many points in that second overtime. Cause I mean, when one person starts getting those offensive rebounds, kind of like blood in the water, you just want to just keep going at it. So he was a big reason for us. And I think that he definitely kind of sparked some energy in the rest of us. Um, so kind of him sparking us and then the rest of the team just wanted to just get at it and, get this game with a dub i mean it's a opening opening weekend of GNAC, and we just wanted to start it out 2-0 and and i think we're all hungry for it and then overall we just wanted to get it at the end of the day well you said you wanted to begin the season unbeaten you are 2-0 and 5-1 and on the year overall this week you have the opportunity to again uh, step out of conference play as you take on corbin on saturday what do you know about corbin what do you expect out of that contest when you uh, when you host them in the new pe facility there in monmouth you know i know a few of the guys on that corbin team and me and a few of my teammates have watched a number of their games but we just expect it to be a dogfight i mean we know that they're excited to come into this game and we're excited to have them you know and overall it's just gonna be another opportunity for us to get better so we're just looking at it as another game to get better and just another opportunity to play a really worthy opponent you not only are a very good, solid basketball player, you're also a good and solid student. That is evidenced by the fact you were an academic all-GNAC recipient last year. What are you studying there in Western Oregon, and what's your career plan? So right now my degree plan is in uh, business. Um, I mean, I've always kind of been around that aspect. My family has a home business that I've worked for for I don't even know how long, um, but Definitely having that background has helped me out in the, the classroom, I think. But my career plan is I want to go be a, a firefighter. Um, wherever that takes me, I just want to be able to be part of the community and just help people out in their time of need. Okay, two things. Why firefighting, number one? What uh, is it about that? Start, well, I mean, it's a job that, you know, a big part of my life is my teammates and you know, when you're on a fire staff, you know, you're going to have, you know, four or five guys out there that are just part of your team and part of your family. So not, I mean, you know, all of our time on the court's going to end, but I want to keep a lot of those same components in my life. So being around to be a team 
and be a part of something bigger than myself is something that I've always been drawn to. And let's talk. What is your family business? We might as well get that out now. <laughs> yeah, so uh, my family, we uh, own a fishing tackle manufacturing company. So we manufacture fish mm-hmm. lures, floats, hooks, jigs, that sort of thing. Um, it's kind of started by my dad back in back in the 90s, right when he was done with college. And then it's kind of just slowly stemmed to a large family business with both my brothers working there, me, my little sister, both my parents, and a few other people that we've been family friends with for a while. What's the name of it? Uh, it's just Hawk and Fishing. Hawk and Fishing. Okay, and well, fishing. My, yep. my son, who is an avid fisherman and also an avid listener to GNAC Insider, I know that he is he is furiously on uh, on the Internet right now looking up the information there, so you may have a little <laughs> business uh, uh, from him as well. Hey, Riley, thanks for joining us tonight. It's been, a, it's been great to talk with you. I look forward to watching you play this year. Good luck throughout the, the course of this year. And, and, uh, and when you become a firefighter, uh, first, thank you for becoming a first responder. A lot of people wouldn't want those kind of jobs. And uh, tip of the hat to you for, for being willing to be somebody who wants to put themselves in harm's way like that. No, I appreciate the words, and uh, thank you very much for having me. I love talking about the team and love talking about the guys, so I appreciate this opportunity. Hopefully we'll talk again. Riley Hawken joining us tonight from down in Monmouth, Oregon on GNAC Insider, where it's time now for our GNAC Weekly Wrap-Up. In volleyball, Western Washington took down Tarleton State and Lewis in the national quarterfinals and semifinals before falling to Tampa in a five-set national title match. The national runner-up trophy was the second in the Vikings program's history. In cross-country, seven teams went to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania for the NCAA Division II championships. Both Alaska Anchorage teams led the GNAC contingent as the Seawolves women finished sixth and the men eighth. In indoor track and field, Western Washington, Central Washington, and Montana State Billings got the 2018-19 season underway at events in Cheney, Washington, and Bozeman, Montana. Wildcats senior Harley Ortega shined at the Candy Cane 11 meet, placing second in the pentathlon with a lifetime best of 3,707 points. In men's basketball, St. Martin's, Western Oregon, and Montana State Billings emerged from the first week of conference play with perfect 2-0 marks. The Saints own the best overall record in the league, sitting at 7-1 after taking down Central Washington and Northwest Nazarene. And in women's action, Northwest Nazarene is the last unbeaten team entering the second month of the season. The Nighthawks are 8-0 at ranked number 7 nationally after taking down then-third-ranked Alaska Anchorage on Saturday, along with NNU, Western Washington, and Seattle Pacific are 2-0 in GNAC action after the first week of league play. Well, speaking of women's basketball, Mike Simonson, Seattle Pacific University women's basketball head coach, will join us when GNAC Insider resumes following this timeout. Western Oregon University. Small classes, research opportunities, and new state-of-the-art science facilities. Everything from biology and chemistry to earth sciences and criminal justice. Students have easy access to faculty who are invested in your learning. All the campus services practically guarantee your success. Start your science career now at Western. Learn more about the university where every student matters at wou.edu. Back 
back on GNAC Insider. I'm Robert Lowry, and it is my pleasure now to bring Mike's side for the first time, but I don't think it'll be the last time we'll have the opportunity to talk to the new head women's basketball coach at Seattle Pacific University, Mike Simonson. Mike, thanks for joining us tonight from there in Seattle. We appreciate the time. Hey, Rob, thank you so much for having me on. Well, you've got some big shoes to fill, figuratively. You are taking over from longtime head coach Julie Heisey, who uh, stepped down back in June after 13 seasons as head coach. I guess on the plus side, you've been her lead assistant there for the past couple of years uh, before taking over the Falcons program yourself. Has that made the transition a little bit easier for you? Oh, definitely. I mean, I got to work from with one of the best in the business, Julie Heisey. Um, for two years, I absorbed so much of her knowledge um, and seeing how she ran a program on the inside and on the outside. So just working with her, working with our young ladies of the team for the last two seasons has made it just a really smooth transition. It was a fast transition. She resigned in June, and I had to hit the ground running with a lot of things, but now, here we are already in December, but being with her for two seasons and learning from her, that was a, that's a blessing, and it's been smooth so far. Well, not only two seasons, but two highly successful seasons, 19 and 11, and then 23 and 8. First two years there for you uh, serving on the bench with Julie Heisey. But when somebody looks at a Seattle Pacific Falcons team of 2018, how is it different? I'm sure that you put a little bit of a stamp, a Mike Simonson stamp on the program. How is it different than the teams, if you were a fan and watching it from the stands, would you notice any difference from the teams that played the last couple of years in terms of style? Oh, yeah. Well, first of all, in regards to players, we lost six seniors from last year's teams when we started five of them. So we almost have an entirely – new roster or basically we have players that were on the bench last year that are playing a lot of minutes so we're seeing some different bat players that are out there on the floor now in regards to style I think we have a team that shoots the basketball very well so we want to get up and down in transition we run a lot of sets to spread the floor offensively to get a lot of wide open shots and so you're going to see a team that likes to bury the three ball and get up and down the floor fast. Um, that's kind of what we're seeing. It's a little bit different than the last couple of years. You have a couple of players who have really uh, started to step up from the, uh, from the new faces you've already talked about. Senior Riley Evans had 21 points, four assists in your 73-68 victory over Western Oregon on Saturday. She's your team leader in points, averaging almost 19 a game. And you've got a transfer from Portland State named CeCe West. Uh, she's averaging nearly a double-double, nine points, better than nine points, and better than nine rebounds a game. Are those some of the uh, the top new faces on this year's Falcon squad to watch out for? Yeah, definitely. I mean, Riley Evans, she's not really a secret. She was uh, she came on late last season, and she was preseason selected to the All-GNAC All-Conference team. So she's not truly a secret, but she's someone that's been flourishing in our style of play, obviously, because she can shoot the basketball. She's shooting almost 50% from three right now, and that's that's a huge strength that she has. Uh, CeCe West was with us last year as well. Um, she tore her ACL early in the year last year, had a great offseason, um, rehabbed very well, and she's came on strong. She really rebounds the, well, rebounds the ball well, like you said, almost a double-double. So there are two peop- people that are huge for our roster moving forward. And then we have a couple other kids that 
that were on the team last year. Haley Bennett is a key piece. Maddie Hinkston as well. Jade Skidmore. Caprice Boston. Those are some other great faces that came in, and they've hit the ground running. Um, so we have a really good roster for sure. Has it been a bit of a, a blessing for you? And, again, this was not anything of your doing necessarily. It's the way the schedule played out. But the fact that you are in the midst of a six-game homestand right now, when you have a new team, new coach, new faces, and essentially a little bit of a different style in play, is it easier to institute and ingrain all of that when you're at home rather than trying to do this when you're out on the road? Yes, definitely. Um, in regards to our schedule being a blessing, we talk about that almost every day on a couple of reasons. One, because we're at home, but two, our first four games I thought were very difficult competition. Um, Humboldt State, Azusa Pacific, UC San Diego, all three of those teams were in the regional last year. And then we also played Fresno Pacific, who returned almost their entire roster from last year's season. So we played four teams at the beginning of the year that were very strong. And being a young, new basketball team, we got to see what championship basketball is all about. Um, and so we were able to carry that over. We're on a three-game win streak right now, and we had a game against Western Oregon at home on Saturday where it was a gritty, tough-fought game, tough game. And if we didn't have that schedule that we had against those tough competition, I don't know how we would have responded in that gritty game. So it's been a blessing so far, and we're hoping to keep building on that as the season rolls on. You got a few days off. You don't uh, play until December the 12th uh, when you have a uh, game on tap at home against Academy of Art. What are you going to try to get done between now and then? What are some of the tweaks or the fine tunes you'll be working on over the next 10 days or so? Yeah, well, it's finals week right now, so we're trying to give their brains a rest these last couple of days. So we haven't put in or tweaked anything the last couple of days because the kids here, they're, they're swamped when they're studying, so I don't want to overload their brains. But moving into the Academy of Art game later in this week, we definitely want to expand what we have in our playbook and also defensively expand in our defensive playbook just because a new team has taken a long time to absorb a lot of our philosophy, a lot of the things that we're trying to do on the court. So we're definitely going to tweak and add a bunch later in the week. So hopefully we can we can expand our playbook a little bit because we definitely want to run a lot of sets once we're in the half court, and we definitely want to change defenses. So we're going to add some stuff coming here in the next few days. Okay. Well, Mike, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you for the first time, and I know it is not going to be the last time here on GNAC Insider. Uh, give my best to all my friends over there at Seattle Pacific, and I've got a few over there. And uh, good luck the rest of this year and throughout your career there at Seattle Pacific University. I look forward to uh, shaking your hand and meeting you in person here before too long. So uh, good luck and uh, congratulations, and thanks for joining us here tonight. Thanks a lot, Rob. I really appreciate it. Take care. Bye. Mike Simonson joining us tonight from Seattle, the Seattle Pacific University women's basketball coach. Time for us now to go around the Great Northwest Athletic Conference. In men's basketball, six contests are on this week's slate, with only one being an all-GNAC affair. Alaska is going to host Alaska Anchorage in that single contest, and that's going to tip off at 2 p.m. on Saturday, so get out. That should be a good one if you are there in Fairbanks. In women's basketball, the regular season continues with three games next week. Number seven, Northwest Nazarene will be back in action, hosting Cal State L.A. on Saturday at 7 p.m. 
In indoor track and field, two GNAC teams will be in Nampa this week for the Northwest Nazarene-hosted Jackson's Open. Joining the Nighthawks will be Central Washington. Remember that for the latest in the GNAC, you can go to GNACsports.com to find news, stats, standings, and so much more. You can also connect with the GNAC through social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at GNAC Sports. We're going to have the opportunity to talk to two excellent, excellent student athletes who have uh, been honored, and, uh, and rightly so. We'll tell you who they are and what they are honored with when GNAC Insider comes back at you right after this timeout. Remember, if you don't catch us live, listen to GNAC Insider over iTunes or at GNACsports.com. GNAC Insider will be right back. Seattle Pacific University is a premier Christian university where each year 4,000 students catch a vision for making a difference in the world. All across the globe, SPU graduates are making an impact in medicine, technology, athletics, business, education, music, theater, and more. SPU is dedicated to outstanding scholarship and thoughtful faith. It's a powerful combination that brings about change in the lives of graduates and in the people and communities they serve. Seattle Pacific University, engaging the culture, changing the world. Back on GNAC Insider, I'm Robert Lowry. Uh, The NCAA gives out its Elite 90 Awards to recognize student-athletes who really have reached the pinnacle of competition at the national championship level of his or her sport while also achieving the highest academic standard among his or her peers. Again, the Elite 90 presented to the student-athlete with the highest cumulative grade point average participating at the finals site for each of the NCAA's 90 championships. And we have two of these elite 90 winners joining us. First, Tyler Jones, Western Oregon cross-country runner. Tyler, thank you for joining us. Congratulations on this honor. And well-deserved. You have a 4.0, a perfect GPA and you're one of two Western Oregon individuals to earn an invitation to the Nationals. You finished the cross countries with a time of 33.56.8 over the 10,000-meter course. Talk a little bit about what this Elite 90 award means to you. Thank you very much, and it's great to be on here. Uh, you know, the award, it means so much to me because it's been just such a great last four years with the team we have really created quite the culture just over the last few years with, you know, David last year and then Dustin, all of his success with the DMR and everything. And we've gotten a lot closer and we've just had the ability to share all of our interests, whether it's on the track or off the track. And so you, and it's absolutely shown in the classroom. We, it's just so easy to, meet at the library with all of my teammates and spend a few hours doing homework. And they're just, they make studying so much easier and it just getting the award means so much. And it just has shown all the hard work that not only that I've done, but also that our team has done. 
Now, you're certainly being a bit self-effacing about this award because you certainly earned it individually, not only by your wonderful cross-country performance, but also by your 4.0 GPA. And you're doing it in a very challenging, I think, course of study in mathematics. How does running and cross-country and preparing your body physically in that regard and then turning and having to prepare your mind for a, for, a, for a course of study like mathematics, how do they work together for you? Uh, just historically, I've always been very interested in math. That's just how my brain has been oriented. And it actually comes quite in handy on the track, just calculating splits and like seeing where I'm at during a race, just being able to calculate pace and all that. But I just find it very easy to when I'm on the track just to focus on that. And then when I'm doing homework, just to let go and focus on like mathematics. And I guess the, although math is used in track, maybe the fact that they are polar opposites is kind of why I can immerse myself in one topic or one sport and then excel in that. Mm -hmm. So what is your career path? What do you want to do with a with a mathematics degree? As of right now, my plan is to... So I, I'm a double major with math and business. My plan is to pursue being an accountant because Western Oregon doesn't have an accounting program, but that is probably the best thing I could do if I want to go yeah. that path. So down the road, I plan to take the CPA exam and be an accountant. Well, Tyler, congratulations on winning this uh, NCAA Elite 90 award. Enjoy it. Certainly share it with your teammates, but realize you earned it as well. Uh, congratulations on that. Continued success in the classroom and uh, throughout all your collegiate pursuits. And thanks for joining us tonight here on GNAC Insider. And once again, congratulations on a job extremely well done. Thank you very much, Rob. Tyler Jones joining us from Monmouth, Oregon. And now we go to Ellensburg, Washington for a conversation with Alexa Shindruck, who was the women's NCAA Elite 90 award winner. And Alexa, when we were just talking to Tyler a moment ago, he said something very interesting. He was going, uh, he will be using his mathematics degree to pursue a degree in accounting and uh, going into the accounting field. You also are an accounting major. Do you know Tyler, and have you ever talked to him about that? No, I've actually never met him, um, but I was just listening to the show, too, and when he said that, I thought that was pretty funny because, yes, accounting is my major, and it's no surprise because it's very interesting, and I think it's fun, so it's a good choice. Well, all right. I want to ask you the same question that, that I posed to him. What was your feeling what what did you you get when you said oh boy i have earned this prestigious elite 90 award that honors me not only for what i've done across country and, and what you did was great you were the gnx top finisher in the women's race at nationals you went over the 6000 meter course in a time of 23 14.7 that in itself is great but you have also come up with a final gpa in accounting what does it mean to you to win this award 
I just feel so honored, and I just think I am so blessed with all the two opportunities um, that I've been given just to be able to go to university and get this education and um, just compete as a college athlete doing a sport that I love. It's been so fun, and um, I'm just trying to make the most of all the opportunities that I've been given. And uh, an accounting degree there from Central and a CPA uh, path for you as well, do you think? Yes, that's my plan. So it'll be more challenging, but I'm excited for that. (laughs) Well, Alexa, like I said to Tyler, same to you. Congratulations on a stupendous job. Uh, To just get a 4.0 in any particular field of study is a tremendous honor to do that while you were performing at such a high level on the cross country, uh, on the cross country track uh, is, is it's just phenomenal to even think about being able to perform at such a high level. Congratulations to you on that, earning that award, enjoy it and, and realize you earned it and uh, continued success in the classroom and uh, throughout your college endeavors. And thanks for joining us tonight on GNAC insider. Thanks for having me. Have a good night. Thank you. Alexis Shindruck joining us tonight from Ellensburg. We will wrap up tonight's GNAC Insider. Boy, it's been a fast-paced show. We will do that right after this timeout. Central Washington University, the state's most welcoming university. Economist Magazine ranks CWU the state's top college for diversity in four of the past five years and the number one public university in Washington for value. Learn about Central Washington University's more than 135 academic programs at cwu.edu slash admissions or by visiting Central Washington University in Ellensburg or at one of their university centers near you. Central Washington University, welcome to a world-class education. Welcome back to GNAC Insider, the show that takes you inside the NCAA's Great Northwest Athletic Conference. Now, here's your host, Rob Lowry. Well, this will be our last GNAC Insider until the uh, holiday season comes to a conclusion and we turn the corner into 2019. So, on behalf of all of us at the Great Northwest Athletic Conference, you have a great, great holiday season. Enjoy family, enjoy friends, enjoy GNAC athletic contests when the opportunity presents itself for you to go out and take in one of those contests. And also thanks tonight to all of our guests. Thanks to Elite 90 Award winners Tyler Jones from Western Oregon and Alexis Shindruck from Central Washington University. Also thanks to Mike Simonson, the Seattle Pacific University women's basketball head coach, for joining us. Riley Hawkins off the Western Oregon men's basketball team and Diane Flick-Williams from the National Championship runner-up Western Washington University volleyball team. Also, thanks to our in-studio producer, Connor Pelton, for a job well done. Commissioner Dave Hagland, and thanks to you for joining us. So until 2019, I'm Robert Lowry. Until we talk again, consider yourself now a GNAC insider. So long for now. You've been listening to GNAC Insider, an update on the NCAA's Great Northwest Athletic Conference. Remember to follow the GNAC through social media. To find us on Facebook or Twitter, search GNAC Sports and locate us on the web at GNACsports.com. GNAC Insider is a production of the Great Northwest Athletic Conference.